Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. Well, this is a blast from the past for me. When I was in Fresno working at the Fresno Bee, I got to know Paul Leffler a little bit, and he has become an institution there in Fresno. He is voice of the Bulldogs now. And, you know, I remember you from TV and doing some radio, but, you know, like like calling all the games and being the voice, that's that's pretty cool, man. Welcome, Paul. Hey, great to hear your voice, John. Did you say I need to be institutionalized? Is that what you said? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did... <laughs> well, some might say that, but no, it is, it's a privilege. And, you know, um, we honored at the first game the late Bill Woodward, who you remember, yeah. who, who did this for 37 years before I had that privilege. And the Bulldogs are actually wearing a sticker on their helmets all year with a BW on there for Bill. So it's uh, when you think about some of the other people who've had this job, like Lon Simmons and Gus Zerniel and Bill, it's uh, just a great privilege to serve what we call the red wave out here in the Valley. I've tried to explain to the audience sort of the charm of the Central California Valley. When you tell people, if you're traveling, what do you say about the region? Well, you probably eat something that grew here, right? I mean, everything grows here. We feed the world. We really do. And it's, it's great people. And I know I've been up there in the Willamette Valley, too, and there's a, you know, a lot of similar mentality, I think, and, and similar people around Corvallis and Eugene and some of the other great towns and maybe sneaking up into Portland, too. But, um, you know, it's just hardworking people. That a lot of people say the Central Valley would be the Midwest of California, or the Texas of California, or some say the Bible Belt of California because it's a little more conservative than the Bay in L.A. But uh, I just, you know, it's a diverse group. You have all kinds of different cultures, and Fresno State football is one of those things that brings a lot of that diversity together behind a common purpose. The temperature there has been on the minds of people in our region. Oregon State obviously playing there on Saturday. It's a night game, but give us an idea of what this week has been like and how unusual the heat has been and what you guys do there to deal with it. It has been unusual. There's actually been a little bit of humidity, which, you know, we always say, yeah, it gets up to 110 in the summer every once in a while, but it's a dry heat, and it hasn't been as dry. And I guess that has to do with what's happening, you know, down in the South Pacific and all that, but it has been pretty warm. The Bulldogs typically practice in the mornings, so they're done before the real heat. But, man, you walk outside, you feel it. You are in an oven. And I think by game time Saturday night, it's going to cool off into the 90s, and, and the folks from Corvallis won't be worried about it too much. But yeah, 90s I, I just, at night. Yeah, cool off <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. But it's going to be packed. That's the exciting thing, John. I mean, I know you were here in, in 2001 when Jonathan Smith was a quarterback and the Bees were number one in the preseason and all that, and that place was absolutely rocking. And that's what the buzz around here is, that Fresno State fans want to recreate that kind of atmosphere. The, yeah, give us an idea of, you know, the atmosphere at the stadium. And, you know, it's funny because, like, UCLA fans do not show up when, they, when it gets into the 90s. We were just talking about that last week. But the Fresno State fans, you know, it, it, this, is, this is part of the culture of the city and the region and people buying in with the Valley and, and supporting that program. And the expectations this year are so high. 
you know, with Jeff Tedford back, with Jake Hayner back, with depth and frontline talent all over the field, you know, people really believe that this can be a special season. And I didn't expect to see 36,000 there on a Thursday night for Cal Poly to open the season, which got more impressive over the weekend when you saw how thin the crowds were at UCLA and San Diego State, some of these other places. So, yeah, this is a fan base that loves its Bulldogs. Maybe a little bit of a front-running crowd. You know, they want to see a winner. I know you were here for the Tarkanian days when Selland Arena was sold out every night. Uh, but they see a product and a potential in this year's Bulldog squad that they're going to show up for. So I, I do expect it to be a sellout Saturday night. When I think of Jeff Tedford, I think of offense. How did they look to you in week one, and uh, what should we expect here on Saturday night? You know, it's a little hard to get a solid read because they took the liberty of experimenting significantly with the offensive line. I mean, the first five series were five different groupings on the O-line, and I don't know if I've ever seen that in a football game before. But Jake Hayner was incredibly consistent. I mean, Hayner completed 36 out of 42. He's got so many weapons. They're so deep at receiver. They've got a lot of talent at tight end, too. Maybe not quite as deep in the backfield. But they got creative. You know, we saw the Cal transfer Nico Remigio lining up in the backfield on multiple times. He scored a rushing touchdown. It's one of those things where if you give Hayner enough time, somebody's going to be open and he's accurate enough to hit him, and the scoreboard's going to light up. And, you know, it'll be interesting to me to see that offensive line against the Beavers' D-line, to see how creative Oregon State gets in trying to apply pressure on Hayner. Because if he's able to sit back there and slice and dice, uh, man, he's as good as anybody in the country. How does Fresno State on the defensive side of the ball in your mind? You know, they're pretty high expectations. Kevin Coyle, who was the coordinator way back in the Pat Hill era and has been so many places since in the NFL, been on a national championship staff at LSU. He really knows his stuff. He's a creative mind. There's some depth on this D. A lot of all-time great Fresno State players are the position coaches on the line and linebacker in the secondary. So there's a lot of expectation and confidence. Uh, I think the, the first game, there were a couple hiccups. They didn't generate the kind of pass rush they know they're going to need to, but they tackled pretty solid. And I think the real interesting matchup to me this Saturday night is Fresno State secondary against what appears to be a really quick receiving core for Oregon State and a quarterback in Nolan who throws a really good deep ball. So if he's able to launch a few of those, how does that battle unfold? And is there going to be a moment? You know, the turnover battle was so big for the Beavers against Boise State. Is there going to be a moment in this game where you see that game-changing turnover? And is it Fresno State's D that comes up with it or the Beavers? Paul Leffler is with us. He's the voice of Fresno State Athletics. Joining us, uh, Bulldogs at, uh, is it Bulldog Stadium now, or did they change the name of the stadium? The, this is the first year with a different name, and it's Valley Children's Stadium. Uh, the naming rights were purchased by a, a premier children's hospital here in the Central Valley. So we're all still getting used to calling it something other than Bulldog Stadium. But it's still Jim Sweeney Field yeah. for the uh, legendary coach. Yeah, give give you know Oregon State fans and people in our region an idea. Like, you know, the visiting locker room, as I remember it, is away from the stadium. You got to walk kind of on the sidewalk. You come down the ramp. That is a pretty, uh, you know, significant. You know, you're walking and the fans are out there. And I, I can remember people yelling at the opposing teams. I think it's a really tough place to play. It is, and that's reflected by so many teams who come in here. That dynamic that you're talking about, they used to call it the Red Mile. You know, kind of like the Green Mile because you'd see all these fans everywhere, and they are. They're yelling. It's probably not something you could air on the radio, some of the stuff they're saying. 
Uh, there might be spit flying. I mean, just because they're yelling so loud, I don't know. But they have reined that in a little bit because they've shielded some of those areas. They put up a big fence. So when you're coming down that ramp, instead of the, the fans being right there, they're on the other side of a fence. So they can rattle that fence. They can still yell, but it's not like they're breathing on you like they once were. Give us an idea of what winning this game would mean for that program. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Fresno State has aspirations of being in the Power Five. And, you know, I know the Beavers are, are in that situation, too, where they want to stay in the Power Five. And it feels like those dreams are at a some kind of junction where they're either going to be fulfilled or they're going to be crushed forever. So this season feels very significant. You know, in the offseason, the USC game next week is what a lot of the fans are talking about. But after watching what the Beavers did to Boise State, I think the fans said, hey, we better pay some attention to the Beavers. But this win, I think, carries this momentum forward for another week and gives them the opportunity to have an even more significant win on the road against the top 10 team. Uh, so it's all about momentum at this point. But anytime you beat a Pac-12 team, it's a big deal. Pat Hill, as you remember, used to put those helmets up as trophies in his hallway anytime he beat a Power 5 school. <laughs> there are quite a few of them by the time he was done. But this would be a big one for Jeff Tedver. You know, I won at the Rose Bowl last year with Hainer at quarterback in that classic. He's had some other impressive wins here, beat Arizona State in the bowl game. But when you get a Power 5 team at home as a group of five school, you better seize the moment. Give me an idea of, you know, I, I kind of wondered if the Fresno State players, who are especially from the Los Angeles area, might look ahead to USC. Is that a concern? I don't think so. You know, Jeff Tedford is so good about consistency, about routine, about attention to detail, about reining things in if anything gets out of line. I know he's convinced them of what a significant challenge this game's going to be. And they all watched the film against Boise State. They saw a dominant performance from Oregon State in all three phases of the game. So they know there's very little margin for error. Uh, I think they have a feeling this is going to be a four-quarter football game and they're going to have to do everything right to get a win. So I, I don't think anyone's looking past the Beavers to USC. Um, maybe some of the fans are, and, and it probably doesn't help that the group of alumni being honored this week is the 1992 Fresno State team that beat USC in the Freedom Bowl. Mm. It just so happened to work out that way. So maybe that takes some of the fans' vision ahead to USC, but I, I think in the locker room these guys are all focused on the Beavers. Paul Leffler is our guest. He's the voice of Fresno State Athletics. All right, you mentioned a couple of things that you know were keys to the game, but tell me, you know, if Fresno State wins this game, we're looking at the box score, Paul. After the game, you and I are looking over the box score. What would you expect to see on that box score? Maybe jump out on that box score if Fresno State is winning this game. Well, I think time of possession is going to be key because the Beavers are a huddle team and they want to win that time of possession battle. And Jeff Tedford has been pretty good at that throughout his career. So, you know, I, I think if you see a decided edge in that one way or the other, that's going to tell a story. I think for Fresno State to win, that turnover number needs to be zero or maybe one if they're able to take it away once or twice. And the other thing that, uh, you know, I think you may see in that box score that could be pivotal, and fans remember the 0-1 game and the 0-3 game here, and special teams was big in both of those. I think special teams could very well be a factor in this one. So whether that's a kickoff that goes to the house or a blocked field goal or a blocked punt, I just have a feeling we're going to see something like that in this game that may end up being the difference. You mentioned expansion. Uh, the Pac-12 is exploring it. 
San Diego State, Boise State, Fresno State, SMU. We've talked about all these schools. Make a case for Fresno State to our listeners. Why do they belong in the Pac-12? Well, I think if you look at it from a competitive standpoint, John, I mean, they've belonged for a long time. When they get an opportunity to play Pac-12 teams, they compete. I mean, we've seen it on the gridiron. They, any Pac-12 team that's played them, they've been able to beat at one point or another. Uh, certainly in baseball, you know, right after the Beavers had their back-to-back titles, there's Fresno State winning it all in Omaha. They've proven they can compete. There's a softball national championship. Basketball hasn't had the sustained success, but there have been those windows where they were really good, and they have a great arena that's comparable to anything in the Pac-12 and superior to quite a few in the Pac-12, to be honest. I think the one thing that may hold them back is the academic profile. There are some limitations being in the CSU system, the California state system, that they're trying to push back on and and maybe be able to elevate some research and some degree offerings. Uh, But when you look at the potential of this area, and we know how California has grown and expanded. I mean, there's a lot of eyeballs here. The, The television numbers are solid. There's a good population base. It's fertile recruiting ground. Uh, But more than anything, I think it's a community that has shown historically it will support these athletic programs. They got the stadium built in the first place. They got an arena built. Uh, They've had some some real glory days and some times where the community fueled the success of the program. And I think if they had access to a Power 5 schedule, we'd see that at a greater level. So I think they've been ready for a long time in many ways. But there are just some arbitrary boundaries that uh, I think a lot of people felt would never come down. And with this crazy world we live in now where UCLA and USC can go to the Big Ten, it feels like a lot of those boundaries we thought were there aren't really there anymore. It's a great point. Fresno State, Oregon State, in Fresno, 7.30 Saturday night. It's going to be an oven there. Paul Leffler, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you, man. And I'll tell you three guys who will try to get Fresno State in the Pac-12. How about Aaron Judge, Devontae Adams, and Derek Carr? Let's throw in Paul George, too. I mean, that doesn't hurt the case either, John. When you have guys doing that kind of stuff at the highest level, and Fresno State's their alma mater, right? Love that. Hey, Leffler, I'll see you in the press box. Thank you, man. Looking forward to it. Good stuff there, Paul Leffler. He's the voice of Fresno State Athletics. Jaden Grant may have something to say about it, though. Oregon State's team captain coming up. Leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.